Hey, this is John Jameson. If this is the first time you've joined us on the podcast, thank you and welcome. We really appreciate it. Let us know your aha moments and while you're at it, we'd like you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. The Altcoin Sidekick podcast is available on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean and Stitcher. So please leave a review and don't be scared of making it five stars. We'll keep the great content coming to help you on your journey into the cryptocurrency markets. scene in The Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio's character walks into the investor centre looking for a job. After exchanging pleasantries with the manager, he gets right down to business, asking, where are the Quotrons? Quotrons, the manager replies, looking perplexed. Yeah, your computers. No, no, no. We don't need computers here. We trade right off the pink sheets. This is John Jameson for AltcoinPsychic.com and this week, with the evidence mounting that Bitcoin's parabolic move is over, at least for the time being. Let's talk about the advantages of recognizing the telltale signs of parabolic moves and the advantages it gives to those who recognize them before, during and after they take place. But before we get to that, let's go back and talk about pink sheets. Monday, October the 19th, 1987, a young, recently qualified stockbroker begins his first day at work. But this Monday is different. This Monday etched itself into history as the Dow Jones Industrial Averages recorded the largest daily stock market drop ever, down 22.6%, earning itself another name, Black Monday. The young broker on his first day at work looked on in disbelief, and within a month, his company, LF Rothschild, had gone under, leaving him without a job. Later, desperate for work, while cruising through the classified section of his local paper, he finds a job. Not for a stockbroker, but for a stock clerk with an appliance store. His wife picks up the paper and scanning through, she finds an opportunity. It reads, a career in the stock market. Walking into a rundown office in Long Island, the young broker sits down with the office manager, who explains they don't have or need computers because they trade off the pink sheets. Now, pink sheets are an over-the-counter marketplace where stocks in companies that are too small to be listed on any of the major stock exchanges, like the NASDAQ or the NYSE, can be traded. So the manager asks the young stockbroker what rate of commissions that he received when he was selling blue chip stocks on Wall Street. And he's smiling as he's told that the standard rate of commission was just 1%, replying with the pink sheets, it's 50%. Astounded, the young broker repeats the commission rate. 50%? 50% for what? When he's told it's the markup for their services, the lights come on. The young broker, wasting no time, gets on the phone and makes a sale of $4,000 worth of stock, earning himself $2,000 worth of commission and looking around, the office is silent, mesmerized in awe. That young broker was Jordan Belfort, also known as the Wolf of Wall Street. Belfort went on to industrialize the selling of penny stocks to the public through his company, Stratton Oakmont, uh, Oakmont, before eventually being convicted of securities fraud and money laundering. So what have pink sheets got to do with cryptocurrencies? In the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, gets on the phone and begins his pitch. He's cold calling a customer, selling what his new manager has just told him is a hot stock. The company is called Aerotine Industrials, and it's sold as an up-and-comer, a cutting-edge, high-tech firm out of the Midwest. 
and as DiCaprio pitches to John, the hapless guy on the other end of the phone, the camera briefly shows the reality. Eratine is run from a single wooden garage. DiCaprio continues, Eratine is awaiting imminent patent approval on the next generation of radar detectors that have both huge military and civilian applications. They sound fantastic, but the audience knows, thanks to the camera shot of reality, it's all made up. Finally, with the story told and the customer hooked, it comes the close, explaining that right now the stock is just trading for 10 cents over the counter and that the analysts are expecting this stock to go a lot higher. And he also explained that the profit on a mere $6,000 investment could be upwards of $60,000. And the customer replies, that's my mortgage. And the pitch continues. In the case of Aerotine, based on all of our analysts' technical factors, we're looking at a grand slam home run. Well, it's all over. Seconds later, the customer is committing to buy 40,000 shares at $4,000. He's purchased a stock trading at $0.05 cents for $0.10, cents, and this means that Aerotine is going to have to go up 100% for him to break even. The customer has just been suckered into a junk stock at a massively inflated price. And if he wanted to sell, he'd be lucky to receive three cents on the bid or said another way, the customer would get back around $1,200 of his 4,000 investment, losing 70%. The only winner was the broker who just made $2,000 commission for two minutes work whilst also having zero risk. So if you're new to cryptocurrencies, it's easy to get overwhelmed when you're looking at the thousands of coins and tokens on sites like CoinMarketCap. It really is just like looking at the pink sheets. And if history is any guide, the majority of cryptocurrencies will not succeed just like the stocks listed in the pink sheets. So how do you find the coins and tokens that have the best chance of making it? How do you avoid being suckered into a cryptocurrency equivalent of Aerotine Industrial? In The Wolf of Wall Street, the filmmaker showed the reality of Aerotine contrasted against the hype of the broker by briefly displaying a screenshot of Aerotine's headquarters, a wooden garage somewhere in America. But it's not that simple. It's not as simple as finding out where a company is based. Just a small apartment block in a then quiet and unremarkable Californian town. To the side of that main building, there was a single wooden garage. Years ago, David Packard and his wife Lucille moved into the fl first floor apartment with David's friend Bill sleeping in the single garage. And that's not very impressive. But David Packard's friend was Bill Hewlett and their company, Hewlett Packard, was started in that single garage. An unremarkable building in an unremarkable town. But the address of the apartment, 367 Addison Avenue, Palo Alto, California, is important because, thanks to Dave Packard and Bill Hewlett, it's the birthplace of Silicon Valley. So when you want to try and find out which cryptocurrencies are going to succeed, you've got to work a little harder and dig a little deeper. Now, one of the big questions to ask when you're researching cryptocurrencies is to find out who's behind the company, what's their background, and what is their track record? Finding out who the investors are also provides useful information. And if they are funded by venture capitalists, dig deeper with your research and analyze the current portfolio and the track record of the fund. Now, nothing is error-free. All investing, especially cryptocurrency investing, involves an understanding of risk. If you find yourself staring at thousands of cryptocurrency listings and begin to go information blind, overexposed to hype and promotion, drop back to asking three basic questions 
and they are number one what real world problem does this coin or token solve number two how does the underlying technology scale and number three who is backing the coin or token now asking these questions will help you avoid an overhyped error time and find yourself a hewlett packard now although it sounds like a well-used cliche it's all about supply and demand so staying with the wolf of wall street theme Jordan Belfort is sitting in a diner with his collection of misfit friends and he asks them if they want to get rich. Now one of the gang, Chester, boasts that he can sell anything. So Belfort reaches into his pocket and says, sell me this pen. One blank face and a lame excuse later, Belfort gives his pen or gives the pen to Brad and asks the same question, sell me this pen. Now while most people wouldn't know where to start, maybe describing how the pen looks, the weight and the finish, mistakenly believing that it is the features and benefits that sell. But instinctively, Brad does something else. He creates urgency by saying to Belfort, why don't you write down your name on that paper? I don't have a pen, Belfort replies. Boom. Urgency created, supply and demand. Recognizing the moments in time when supply and demand become unbalanced creates asymmetric trading opportunities where risk can be quantified and even if the position fails valuable information can be received about the most likely future direction of the trend in june 2019 bitcoin went vertical appreciating 86 percent but as discussed in the parabolica series parabolic trends have a tendency to end moves one of the skills used by the five percent the most consistent and profitable speculators and investors is the ability to recognize when a market has gone parabolic. As a market trades higher, trend lines are drawn between the low and the first higher low. Then, as subsequent lows are printed on the chart, the new trend lines are drawn connecting the first higher low with the second, the second with the third, and so on as the market moves through time. Once three trend lines have been defined, if each of the three lines has a progressively steeper slope, the likelihood is that the market is moving into a parabolic high. Recognizing the potential for a parabolic move gives the 5% several advantages. First, once a market goes vertical, the move usually doesn't last for very long. Now using Bitcoin as an example, on the 21st of June, Bitcoin closed up 7%. As Bitcoin moved up $688, which was a 50% increase in the 10-day average true range, the 5% take notice of the context. And that's where this is taking place in relation to the recent price action. Now the recent price action is important because the highs and lows as printed on the chart are used to approximate the relationship between supply and demand. Bitcoin closed up 7% in the shadow of three higher sloping trend lines, each with a higher rate of run or slope. And this price action increases the likelihood of a vertical move higher. So with the increased probability of a fast vertical move in price, the 5% estimate the sustainability or duration of the move. So at this rate of appreciation, using the daily compound interest formula, where the closing value is multiplied by one plus the rate of increase, in this case 7%, and raised to the power of the number of likely days. Now, if Bitcoin increased in value by 7% over the next 10 days, its price would double. And this, though not impossible, is very unlikely to happen. But recognizing the increased likelihood of a fast move up allows the 5% the first advantage of being able to estimate the duration of the expected move. The second advantage of recognizing 
the uh, the price action of a parabolic move is that if the assumption is correct, the market, in this case Bitcoin, will not break the low of the previous day for more than three days until the move is complete. So beginning the count only when the low of a previous day is broken, ignoring inside days, where the high and low of a day are inside the high and low of the previous day, once the count begins, all days are counted. So it's important to remember that markets are not mechanical. The 5% understand these are tendencies and not hard and fast rules. And the most likely tendencies have been observed either by backtesting or by empirical observations or a combination of both. So it's anticipating the expected price move gives the 5% their third advantage of direct market feedback. It allows them to judge when a market is not acting in line with their assumptions. So for example, after three higher sloping trend lines have been observed, the 5% anticipates an acceleration in price. If this does not occur, it is direct market feedback that their assumption might not be correct. Now, if the expected parabolic move starts, price will not usually close down more than three days against the trend. And this means if price does close down two days in a row, it allows an additional entry location into the move with well-defined parameters, allowing for the construction of a low risk to reward entry. But if after two days down, the market fails to recover and stops out the additional entry, it's direct feedback. The assumption of the move being a parabolic trend is most likely wrong. So since the 4th of June low of $7,432, Bitcoin rallied for 22 days, only breaking the previous low for one day on the 6th of June, two days on the 10th and the 9th, and, the, uh, and one day on the 18th during a $6,448 rally, making the price action consistent with the expected parabolic trend. So as parabolic trends enter the final stages, the movement goes vertical and the vertical price action is often accompanied by bullish media attention. So during this move, as Bitcoin surged over $13,000, the media attention matched the price action. Bitcoin is back in a big way, commented the Australian Financial Review. In the chain reaction series, we talked about path dependency, and recent studies suggest financial markets, rather than being random and memoryless, are at certain times less random and have a memory, following the new science of complexity theory. Neil Johnson, a former Oxford University professor, defines complex systems as the study of outcomes which emerge from a collection of interacting objects. Observing three trend lines, each with a higher rate of slope, are telltale signatures that a large percentage of the time precede a parabolic move. As prices begin to accelerate and using daily compounding, the rate of change would have the effect of doubling the price within a week or two. Ask yourself, what is the likelihood of observing this phenomenological combination if your assumptions are false? As prices move higher, noticing that each daily low is higher than the previous daily low is an observation you can use to adjust the likelihood of your assumptions. But not only that, you can also use it to find low risk to high reward entries into a fast moving market. Ask yourself, what's the likelihood of observing three ascending trend lines, each with a higher slope, combined with a rate of change when compounded that will double the price within two weeks? Observing the previous day low is never broken as new highs are printed on the tape. If you assume you are not in a parabolic move, given the three observed phenomena occur a high percentage of the time during parabolic trends. 
Understanding likelihoods in a parabolic market also has a fourth advantage. By studying parabolic price trends, especially trends in the commodity markets, which tend to have or produce more parabolic moves than the stock market, you'll notice they have a tendency to end with a wide range bar on increased volume. By normalizing the volume against a 50 bar average, you can clearly see the percentage increase and observing a wide range bar with around 300% of the average volume is another telltale sign the parabolic move is over. On the 26th of June 2019, Bitcoin printed a wide range bar closing well off the high on 327% of average daily volume, indicating that this move is at an end. Now, when a parabolic move ends, the price will generally do one of two things, allowing the 5% a fifth advantage. It will collapse back to the origin of the move, trading aggressively down to the third or fourth ascending trend line, extended to the right, or price will stay in a tight range holding near the top of the move. Discussed in the Parabolica series, as prices break down from a parabolic high, it provides the 5% with excellent short-term trading opportunities to the downside, selling the market short, or if prices hold near the highs, absorbing the recent move, it signals the continuation of the trend once the mean has caught up. Remember, observations are tendencies, not certainties. Trading and investing is not about being right or wrong. It's about finding low risk, high reward entries and managing risk. This is John Jameson for altcoinpsychic.com and I'll see you next time. This is John Jameson. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you've got a lot out of it. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Your review will help spread the word and allow us to create more thought-provoking content for you, covering all things crypto, not just the individual coins and tokens, but the societal trends and motivations behind the rollout of blockchain technology. The internet is being re-engineered and not one in 100,000 realizes it's happening. Welcome to the revolution.